A couple of months ago, I was scrolling through YouTube and came across a random video of two guys playing a cover, one of my favorite songs, Take It Easy by the Eagles. Take it easy, take it easy. The video blew me away. I loved it. The video was uploaded by a guy named Joshua Lee Turner, and the two guys playing it were him and his friend Carson McGee, who formed the band The Other Favorites after playing music together for many years. I started watching more and more of Josh's videos, most of them guitar covers of popular classic rock and folk songs. They were all fantastic. I checked out Josh's website and found a developing library of original songs and albums. Songs such as Firmament, one of the best new songs I've heard in a long time. And I guess it goes to show something a young man ought to know. Angels are just people too. Joshua Lee Turner is an extremely talented singer and songwriter and multi-instrumentalist currently based in Brooklyn. Josh is probably best known for his YouTube channel, Josh Turner Guitar, where he gained popularity posting guitar covers with his friends. He began playing guitar when he was about 13 years old, and now, 28, he has nearly 600,000 YouTube subscribers. Josh now tours internationally full-time in support of his original music career. Today, I had the pleasure of interviewing him and asking him some questions that other aspiring high school musicians might be curious about. All right, so uh, Josh, what has your experience been uh, touring as a professional musician? You know, did you ever think that you would uh, end up where you are now? Uh, you know, when you were starting out. No, no. The short no is the short answer. Uh, the long answer is I never. I mean, it, for a long time, I I never really had any particular ambitions as a musician. Like, you know, I I usually tell people I I kind of like I feel like I backed into this line of work. Yeah. I didn't really decide that I wanted to do music professionally until my senior year of college. So I okay. had no, I had no specific plans, but I realized that that music was my most sort of compelling skill set, and that my YouTube channel was the best thing that I had going for me in that regard. So mm -hmm. uh, for several years after college, I worked part time and, uh, and then ultimately moved to New York, just to try and be surrounded by, you know, a little bit more opportunity than in Indianapolis. And, uh, yeah, eventually, you know, I just kept making videos and, and one opportunity led to another and, and it all kind of snowballed, um, especially in 2019. It, it would have been last year as well with touring and things, but obviously that was mostly postponed or canceled. But no, I, I never saw it coming. I was never planning for it. Yeah. So, so um, my understanding is that you you uh, went to college to study music, but you, you switched your major to music. What were you, you studying before you switched to music? Before I was studying uh, digital media production was the name of the major. Uh, music oh, okay. was my minor. Yeah, music was my minor. I right up until college, uh, it had been my ambition to be a car designer ever since I was a little kid. No and, way. Yeah, uh, still avid car lover. Uh, That's and, so cool. Uh, I didn't, uh, you know, I had been passionate about music for a while. By the time that I was going to college, I'd been part of a band in in high school, and I directed my acapella group and stuff, but. I was worried that the college music experience was going to be, you know, the either a super intense conservatory type thing or not at all. Mm -hmm. And I was afraid that doing something like that was going to 
ruin my enjoyment of it. You know, like I wanted, I wanted to try and keep it sacred as, as something that I just really enjoyed doing. And I was afraid that yeah. studying it would ruin that. And ultimately what I realized after having been in school for a year, I was taking my music minor classes and I was enjoying those more than my major classes. I was taking digital media as a, as a safety, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah it's like, it's very broad and it's, it's broadly applicable. It's like, it's like a business major, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, so I switched my minor to digital media, which was still, help, which I still use because I, uh, you know, I learned the basics of video editing and things like that. But yeah, I, I, I was like, look, you know, if I'm enjoying my music classes the most, then I should at least be spending the majority of my time on that. So that's, that's why I switched. Right. And um, just kind of funny side note, I, I'm actually a huge car guy myself. And I, oh, cool. uh, funnily enough, also wanted to be a car designer uh, when I was a kid, but I kind of realized that, that that wasn't a super realistic career goal. Yeah. Um, I actually just bought a car a few days ago. I bought a, a 1987 Porsche 944. Oh man! Um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of freaking out about the responsibility now as a result of that. And yeah, I'm, I was actually just at the DMV earlier today. Is it is it the <laughs> uh, the nat is it the naturally aspirated one? No, it's 944S. Oh, very so the nice. 16 valve. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats. That's uh the, once once you figure out all the logistics and the insurance and the nonsense, that's uh, right. I think going to be a, re a really good time. <laughs> yeah. Um. So when you were starting out playing in. Uh, I guess middle school was when you started playing it. Yeah. Okay. So in the kind of heyday of you learning how to play, how did, how did music sort of weave itself into your life? Was it like a really big main thing or was it just something on the side for a while? Yeah, it was a big main thing when I first started playing. It, it, it was sort of a bad situation that, that became an opportunity. So I started playing guitar um, when I was 13, I think. And I, uh, I was in seventh grade. I'd been living in Cincinnati, uh, for a long time at that point. And mm -hmm. so all my friends were in Cincinnati, you know, and I'd been going to school there and everything. And, uh, but I, but I picked, I'd already been like singing in, cho in choirs. My parents had me in piano lessons and my dad had a guitar around the house, which I picked up just to, you know, kind of try it out. And right. uh, it immediately spoke to me more than more than piano did. But I think also just getting to teach myself and learn by ear was a lot more appealing to me than learning from method books and uh, things like that at that time. So, but then shortly after I had, I had started to pick it up and I, and I had realized that it was something that I enjoyed. We moved to North Carolina for my dad's work. And, um, you know, right before eighth grade is a pretty brutal time to move. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I was, I went to like a public middle school where like everybody had known each other since like they were born basically. And so the first semester, uh, was fairly like ostracizing. And so the advantage to that was that I had great swaths of time to myself when I was home. So I yeah. devoted myself really, really intensely to learning during that period of time. And that was all sort of within my first year of playing. And then right at the end of that first semester, I uh, wound up meeting uh, my friend and frequent collaborator Carson McKee we were playing mm -hmm. um at the middle school talent show it was we met backstage for that of all things and um and so yeah from 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 that moment onward and this would have been right at the end of 2006 beginning of 2007 um yeah my my musical path was sort of linked with him and, and we we played mm -hmm. together uh extensively as a duo through that period of time and 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 I think learned a lot as a result of playing as a duo as well as you know practicing stuff on our own 
and we also recorded ourselves a lot during that period of time and i learned a lot about uh, mm-hmm. recording and stuff as well so. uh, and a quick side note i've uh, uh seen the video you posted of you um doing your history book report presentation of the comedy oh, yeah. of the whale ship essex Plenty. Four days in just past Cape Cod, they were faced with an oncoming gale. They tried to turn around, but they got knocked down because they never shortened sail. It's only a minor. I, I think that's that's just a phenomenal video, and I think it really kind of highlights um, how music can be used in so many different ways to just like bring bring joy. I appreciate and, it, man. It's a little cringy for me to watch at this point. But. <laughs> it, it's it's actually like a, a good song. I, I would not you. hesitate to <laughs> put that on Spotify or something. I would like I would like to claim that I was really just preempting the TikTok sea shanty fad by about ten years, but <laughs> that would be dishonest. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm also a musician myself. I've played piano for about uh, six years now, um, nice. and about two years ago, I I made the switch uh, over to guitar. Although I I still play both, and. I've I've also kind of found that guitar is I, I like I like playing that more because a lot of the music I listen to I, I love classic rock basically exclusively, yeah. um, which is part of the reason I came across your videos and I liked them so much is because you covered a lot of the songs that I really like. Yeah. Um, Thank so you. So what what was kind of the the learning process for you? Like uh, for me. You know, I'm, I'm growing up in the age uh, where everything is digital. So I have, you know, everything I need to learn right at my fingertips. Um, so did you did you learn mostly by ear? Um, yeah, the learning process was a mix of different things for me. Um, for the first about two, two to three, uh, two years, the first two years, I was learning mostly by ear. My dad had some like simple chord book, like method book things lying around the house. And so I was mm-hmm. learning from chord diagrams and things like that. Um, learning simplified versions of Beatles songs. That was some of the first stuff that I did, but the majority of it was learning by ear. Um, And I, you know, in those days, I just had stuff on an iPod and would, uh, if you can envision me holding down the click wheel to, uh, to rewind, I did an awful (laughs) lot of that to, uh, to figure things out. And uh, my parents put me in guitar lessons in high school where I studied uh, with, just like a guy, you know, from the community in Charlotte, who was mostly a jazz guy, but um, mm-hmm. I was very into folk, folk finger style stuff at that time. And he would tab out uh, songs for me that he that he would transcribe by ear. And uh, so I, then I would learn from a combination of his tabs and the and the recordings. And he also gave me, you know, he started to give me a background in technique and, you know, in terms of just little things like, you know, how to hold the guitar properly and how to make sure you don't have too much tension in your hands and things, things that it's very easy to overlook if you're teaching yourself. Um, and that's, that was pretty much what I had until I got to college where I, I studied uh, classical guitar for several years. And when I first got to school, the, the guitar professor was like, well, you're, uh, you know, you're playing repertoire at like a master's level and your uh, sight reading skills are complete, like complete novice. (laughs) Um, He's like, so I know where we need to focus. And yeah, I mean, I I was, I was an okay sight reader by the end of college, but I just haven't used it that often. So uh, 
Yeah, me too. So yeah, I would I would I would sort of sneak off and I would I would really try and learn the the, the classical repertoire by from the sheet music if I could, but it was just so much easier to learn it from listening to a recording of somebody playing it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and by you know by and by college, YouTube had become pretty commonplace, so you could always find a video of somebody performing something on YouTube. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, in the early days, YouTube was not really a learning tool. Um, it wasn't really nobody was thinking of it that way yet. Yeah. All right. So now fast forward about 10 or 15 years or so you're uh, touring internationally, you're making original songs. Um, and I've, I've me and my other friends who play music, we've, we've tried and we've tried to write original songs. It just doesn't really pan out, but the songs that you've, you've written, I mean, like I would never guess that they're from uh, like a 28 year old self somewhat self-taught self-producing uh multi-instrument musician uh i mean they sound like stuff that came out in the 60s and 70s that would have gone gold by now so i'm really curious about like what your songwriting process is and 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 how you actually write songs so songwriting to me was incredibly frustrating for a very long time um when i was in high school and I was working with Carson so extensively, Carson seemed to just have this natural confidence with songwriting where, you know, I would just go over to his house and be like, Hey, wrote another song. (laughs) Like, great. Um, you know, but so yes, I, I was, I was incredibly discouraged and I, and I tried writing songs, you know, for on and off throughout that 10 year span, Mm -hmm. but I had this awareness in the back of my head that they were all really, you know, really dreadful. And, uh, and luckily most of them never saw the light of day, although there are a few that I would, that, that did that I would prefer to re- erase from the, the historical ledger forever. But anyway, um, a couple of years ago, um, Carson had just moved to New York. So this was this was 2016. Carson okay. had just moved to New York uh, and, uh, and, and into 2017. I had moved here with uh, a friend of mine named Bob, who was another songwriter who I had attached myself to through college. Uh, and by that point, I was really quite entrenched in this mentality that it was like, I'm like an arranger, you know, for the acapella group. I, yeah. I produce, I produce music for songwriters. Like I, I help them. I'm a, I'm an editor basically. Like I take, I take, I take people's raw material and turn it into something more polished. And, but then after I'd been in New York for a while, Bob, the songwriter I'd moved here with had left the city. Uh, he went to live in Colorado and, and do his own thing. Carson had moved here, but Carson was, um, having a moment of uncertainty about, you know, what his future was going to look like as a, as a musician versus, mm. you know, potentially not being, you know, a musician. And we were sort of standing at the, the threshold of being able to go on tours and being able to do this full time. And uh, since he hadn't really built himself a YouTube channel yet at that time, it was a bigger leap for him to basically quit a day job than it was yeah. for me. And so, you know, I was in this place where I was, I was like, look, you know, I, I owe it to myself to not be dependent on another musician as much as I love working with Carson and I'm, you know, we've got an album that's on its way out right now that we just recorded. Um, I think it's healthy for everybody to have some level of self-sufficiency as well. So I was like, you know what, now's the time, like no more excuses. I need to just like put out a solo record just to prove that I can do it. Yeah. And so I, I basically just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. And most of what I was writing was just, prose i would just like write what i was thinking that day and then i would like if there were one or two sentences that i'm like that has a 
that's an interesting thought or like that those couple words have like a ring to them i would kind of mm-hmm. like i would uh excerpt them from from what i had written and and, and sort of set them aside into a pool of uh of ideas mm-hmm. and uh writing instrumental ideas has never been hard for me because you know i mean if, if anybody who sat down with a guitar can come up with an instrumental idea as far as i'm yeah. concerned it may not be original but nothing is truly original so who cares um and so it was always the text that was just the devil for me. And, uh, but having this motivation of being like, look, like, I'm not sure if Carson is going to be on board with me for this. And like, but, I, but I'm, I'm going, you know what I mean? Like I've got to, I'm going full time. Yeah. So I need to have my own material just like, just in case. Uh, so yeah, I just, I just kept trying and trying and trying and, and writing prose and grabbing things out of that and then trying to write poetry and, and seeing what worked and what didn't and mm-hmm. what, what approaches, you know, and I've like read about like, had like five methods for how to write good songs and like, you know, things that you can find on the internet and whatnot. And, um, and yeah, until and eventually, I mean, the, the biggest breakthrough for me was realizing that I can't write fiction. Um, mm-hmm. Really all of my songs, at least up till now, have been very directly rooted in personal experience. And uh, that seems to be the only thing that I can convincingly do at this point is, is try and describe my own personal experience in a, in a marginally more poetic way than it actually happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once I figured out that that was an approach that worked for me, um, I just kept doing that. And I made a list of like, what are some like emotionally evocative past experiences that I've had, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, what are some details that I can pull from that, that, uh, you know, are it's just like, what did it, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like creative writing one-on-one, like, what did it look like? What did it taste like? What did yeah. it smell like? You know, like that type of stuff. Um, and, uh, and yeah, until eventually I had um, a big enough body of work for uh, my first album. And then I approached the second one much the same way, uh, you right. know, and then the final step was just creating a real, making a practice out of it and and thinking of it as something that you have to practice just like you practice an instrument and stuff like that was also really big and you know getting over the idea of like waiting for a divine lightning bolt strike to Mm -hmm. give you a good song so yeah Yeah, i could definitely you know tell that your original songs they they feel very personal and um one song in particular that's that probably my favorite of all your songs is firmament um and that one like just really feels like you're you're like having a conversation with whoever's listening to it it's uh that's a great song but i also want to talk about what i think is kind of like the meat and potatoes if you will of your songwriting and, and that is the guitar composition um and i think this is this is highlighted best with uh songs like introduction to uh, your public life album I mean, like, I'm I'm kind of blown away, not Thank you. like by how just interesting of a guitar composition that, is. and and it's phenomenal. I've I've never really heard anything like that come uh, out in the last like 20 years. That that kind of sounds like something that Paul McCartney would release uh, with Thanks, with wings or something. Yeah, I mean, with with a tune like that, um, a big part of what I was listening to when I got started as a guitarist like my number one like my number one like guitar god was Leo Kotke um Mm -hmm. and he 
he was still active when I was when I was uh, learning stuff. He was still putting out records, and he had been active since like I think his first record was 1969 or something. He'd had like super long career, put out dozens of albums, yeah, and had sort of pioneered his own style of very elaborate solo guitar composition, usually on the twelve string, and so I had listened to so much of his music over the years and digested so many of his ideas that writing that type of thing is, is actually not that hard for me. It's, it's, it's the only difficult part is not making parts of it like a noticeable regurgitation of an actual Leo Kotke idea. Yeah. Um, and so in, in, in this case, um, there's a songwriter uh, named Adrienne Linker, who is the, uh, the front person of a band called Big Thief. I think she's one of the finest songwriters who's working right now. And she's a superb guitar player as well. So the tuning mm -hmm. for that song, I borrowed from Adrienne Lenker, but then sort of the overall approach and compositional style I borrowed from Leo Kotke. And so it's, it's this, you know, mush of that. Type okay. Of thing. Yeah. And uh, to kind of wrap up our interview here, uh, do you have any advice now as an accomplished touring musician that you could give to people like me and other uh, young musicians that want to kind of state or take music a step further? and potentially turn it into a career like you have? I think, I think my biggest piece of advice is to follow whatever you're passionate about, which is a, it's on the surface of it, a very unoriginal and trite piece <laughs> of advice. Um, but there's, I think there's more to that because if you don't, if, if, if continuing to work on music and work on music and hone your craft and get better isn't enjoyable for you, then you then then it's probably not the career for you. Basically, yeah. it's like I, I think that it, it, with any career in the arts. Oftentimes, like they say that, like, I, I, my feeling is that you should only go that route if you feel like you have no other choice. And not no other choice in terms of like family pressure or whatever, but like no other choice in terms of like you can't bring yourself to do anything other than that. Right. Like, yeah, if, like you if, can't like, be happy unless you're making. Right. Money. Exactly. Exactly. And and uh, and and if you can follow your passion and that's the road that it leads you down, you know, if if you gain energy from from practicing technique and theory and and, and just jamming with people and all the all the associated, like if every day you wake up and you're like, what can I do musically today? And like that's mm -hmm. what's enjoyable for you, then then follow it. And that's, that's really all that you need to do. And if, you know, and if you don't have that feeling and, and it fluctuates from day to day, it's not like every yeah. single day has to be like, Oh my God, like, like, let me get my guitar immediately. But you know, if you don't have that feeling over, over an extended period of time, if, you know, if it's been a year since you've really enjoyed a musical experience, then maybe a career in music isn't the right approach for you, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't still, enjoy music and, and be very involved in it for the rest of your life so right. um so yeah so fo follow follow your passion and follow it also in whichever sort of sub direction it takes you it's like i mean within being a musician you know there's a you could there's i mean there's genres certainly but you know maybe you want to be a music educator or maybe you want to be a producer or something like that and if you notice that you enjoy teaching people or you enjoy producing or whatever then um then don't, you know, don't, even if you've been studying classical guitar, like don't pigeonhole yourself in that and like mm -hmm. follow whatever, follow whatever is exciting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much once again for taking the time to speak with me and our station. We, we really, really appreciate it. Um, I mean, wow, you're just such a talented person. I uh, really think that you could kind of be one of these next like great 
guitar players and, and songwriters. Um, and maybe you'll come to Seattle one time. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> hoping to come to Seattle soon. And you you'll you'll certainly have tickets. Uh, thank you thank you very much for having me, Quinn. And uh, and watch yourself in that 944. <laughs> thank you very much. All right, thanks, Josh. Have a good one, man. Bye.